can't believe people came back from this morning. Um, I think you should have your offering back. Could you give that? No, maybe not. It's really nice to be here. I have a lovely day. I do thank uh, Michelle Bennett for her hospitality. She really does look after visiting speakers. So I don't know where Michelle is. She might be asleep in a corner somewhere. But um, thank you, Michelle, for your hospitality and looking after us and everything else. It really is good to be here. Right. Now, if you have your Bible, let's turn, if you wouldn't mind, please, to Mark's Gospel, chapter 12. Mark's Gospel, chapter 12. Just while you're turning to that, I became a Christian in West London. I was um, living in Northolt, where I know a number of your staff live in Northolt. I went to school in Greenford, and then when I left school, I went to work in Harrow. And so that side of things I know well. I support Queen's Park Rangers. Did we, did, did we beat Everton? Does anybody know? One all. Oh, the climb back begins. Thank you for that. Saves me tuning into Radio 5 on the way home. Um, and uh, I, went, I came down from Scotland. I lived in Scotland until I was 11. I came down to Northolt with a Scottish accent and found I went to school and got bullied a little bit. Or, well, people tried to bully me a little bit. And... Um, Things in my life were going not very well at all. I had great parents, but um, to cut a long story short, I was told to leave school at the age of 15, Easter of the fourth year then. Things in my life weren't going very well. I was totally selfish, only interested in myself. Um, I did fight, but I didn't go looking for fights, but that was part of the world. And um, I used to do little schemes. I used to sell the school milk. We used to get free milk in school. I used to sell that. And used to do little bits and bobs just to make ends meet. And um, my life was going bad and then school, etc. Then a friend of mine invited me to a, a Saturday night. He called it a party. And he said it's in a church hall in South Harrow. And um, I didn't know that it was a Christian outreach. He said it was a party. I suppose for Christians it was. <laughs> but for me it was, uh-uh, you know. And I went along to this, this uh, it was the Summers of God Church, South Harrow, Full Gospel Church. And I went in there thinking it was a party and saw a number of young men there who I knew who had become Christians and it had an impact on me. And to cut a long story short, I went back to church the next evening, which was a baptismal service, and I gave my life to Jesus. So it started then. And I just say that just by way of introduction. You may be a visitor this evening, and you think, well, to be a Christian, you've got to be brought... Sorry, sir. Sorry, we're expecting the bailiffs any minute. So if you don't want anything taken, hold on to it. Um, if you're from abroad, will someone explain what a bailiff is? Thank you. Um, and um, where was I? I? I became a Christian, right. Um, Mark 12. Just a few verses. One of my favorite stories. Verse 41, Mark 12. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put. And watched the crowd putting their money in the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, 
I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in everything, all she had to live on. I need to pray. Father, we freely acknowledge that this word is not ours. It doesn't belong to this church. It's certainly not the preacher's word. It's your word. And we pray that the same Holy Spirit that breathed this word into being might breathe upon the speaker and hearers alike. Gordon will speak, but I pray Jesus will be heard. Amen. Amen. This story is in a very small number of verses, not a very dramatic story. It's recorded again in Luke 21. Both Mark and Luke record this story. It strangely follows on from Jesus' condemnation of those who take advantage of the widows. He says there, they devour widows' houses for, and make show of lengthy prayers. Such men will be punished most severely. So it's strange that having spoken about the widows and those who had taken advantage of them, he now has this scene that comes his way which involves a widow. Now I've got to say that I had several problems when I first read this story. It's all right to have problems with the scripture as long as you're prepared to study the scriptures and find out where you've got it wrong. The scriptures aren't wrong, it's often our understanding of scripture that brings that about. And I, first of all, I noticed it says Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put. In the church background that I've come from, you don't do that. You don't watch people putting their offerings in. I notice you use envelopes here. And uh, may I say, I, several of them were empty. No, I don't know that. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I have no idea. But, you know, we don't do that. Now, you imagine if in a church we went round and the stewards did a lovely job and we watched what you put in. <laughs> Two things would happen. You'd be greatly offended and we'd probably have one of the largest offerings we've ever had because we don't do that in our culture. We fold our money up and we put it in. Our treasurer spends hours every day ironing 10-pound notes because we fold them up so small because we want to be modest in our giving and this please there's nothing wrong with that at all but Jesus sat down opposite the place he wanted to watch people and record what they put in and my background thinks well surely he shouldn't do that what you give to go to your left hand know what your right I got it right that time right hand is doing but Jesus sat there and watched this and I thought well isn't that a little and then I thought, if they were giving to God, they were giving to him. If they were it, he knows everything. There was no need for him even to watch. He would know by his deity exactly what was given. So my first little problem was that he sat opposite the place. The second is that we notice here that in the temple, they didn't take the offering at a time. They took the offering at a place. So a little earlier we received the offering and thank you for your giving it was great don't know what it is but thank you that's not the point the point is you've given and we thank you for that but he didn't the offering wasn't taken at a time in the temple worship there would be services and sacrifices and worship going on continually so it wasn't possible for you to take an offering in the temple it couldn't be at a time it had to be at a place 
And that's why it says Jesus sat down deliberately. He was going to take some time over it. He sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put. And the place where the offerings were, and it may have been at the gate beautiful that we record, of course, in the book of Acts. And there, there was a place where you gave your offering. And you gave your offering into, and I'm going to do a little intelligence test. I did one this morning. The place where you put your offerings was called the trumpets. Now, they were called trumpets because they looked like trumpets. Thank you over here. Thank you. Glad you came. Um, trumpets. So what would happen? Crowds would be going into the temple. If you notice a little later in the story, it says rich people threw in large amounts. Now, I know your offering baskets are, are quite a size, but if you had to throw your offering in, well, we'd be, in, we'd be sweeping up. So what happened was Jesus sat down at one of the gates, possibly they get beautiful. He sat there opposite these trumpets. And what they were, they were receptacles for the offering. It would have a wide brim. Now, I'm going like this. I don't know what the dimensions were, but my arms aren't any longer. So I'm going like that. I could go like that or like that. And so they were that size, okay? And what would happen is you could aim your offering into this large top of the trumpet. It would then fall through to a narrow place into a chest where the offerings were received. That way, people could throw in their offerings. Large crowds going in could give a, as they passed by. And of course, there was a security aspect because no one could put their hand in and get the, the money out. So it was secure and it was a place to give. And the trumpets all had a, a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Bruce will tell you about that later. A letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So it, there would be trumpet A, B, that's not Hebrew, that's English by the way. A, B, C and D. And they were designated giving. So if you put your offering in trumpet A, it would go to the maintenance of the building, the temple building. If you put it in B or C, it might go to the poor or to the priests or whatever. Designated giving, which we can have in our churches. So there he is. Crowds are going in. He's sat there watching them, not at a time, but in a place. He's looking at the trumpets, and he is noticing clearly who is giving what. Again, a little uncomfortable about that, but then, of course, that's if he, they're giving to God, they're giving to him. The next thing I notice is not only did he watch the giving, but it tells us there he was able to distinguish the amounts that were given. Now, please, the purpose of this evening is not that you give more, although if you do, that is lovely and the church will benefit, but that's not the purpose of this message. It says there, many rich people threw in large amounts. So he was able to acknowledge that large amounts were being given, but he acknowledged that large amounts were given by rich people. God knows you're giving. I want you to understand that God knows you're giving. He understands how you give. If you're rich and give large amounts, well done. If you're poor and give small amounts, well done. God has a plan. God has a pattern of Scripture. This church will teach that to you on how we can give to God. And God knows. He sat there and he said, there's a rich man put in a large amount. 
there are some poor people who gave in smaller amounts. And he's watching and he's looking and he is acknowledging, he's notifying, he understands what you give and what you can give. And then some person stands out in the crowd. Someone catches his attention. Of all the hundreds, maybe thousands that would be passing him on into the temple on this occasion, a poor widow came. Now that, you know, Mark and then Luke gives us a little bit of information. First of all, she was poor and she was a widow. Here was someone who did not have the financial security of a husband for her to provide for her. We're told that she was a poor widow. So we possibly think, well, maybe there weren't children around to support her. She may well have been alone in the world, her husband having died. And she was poor. And she was picked out in the crowd. The large amounts of people, the rich people giving large amounts, were acknowledged. Their giving was acknowledged by the Lord. But she caught his attention. Now, friends, if God was only interested in the rich, some of us would be in trouble, wouldn't we? Let me tell you, if you are poor, he knows you as well as anyone else. He does. He notices you. We live in a world and you live in a city where affluence can be seen on every street corner. But let me tell you this. He sees everyone. And this poor widow came. And it tells us there, she put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Now here we find detail that is very important. Two very small copper coins. Now I'm 62 next week. I know it's hard to believe. I look 69, don't I? But, <laughs> but I've not been well. No, I have been well. I'm just tired. I won't tell you what time I got up this morning. But I helped the milkman, you know. Um, and um, why, am I, why, why did I say that? I can't remember. <laughs> why did I say yeah. Oh, yes, I'm of an age when I can remember, and some of you are a similar age, when some coins in our country would have nicknames. So here's a little test for the oldies, right? If I said a bob, how much is a bob? Shilling. Thank you, granddad. No, I don't know. <laughs> okay. A bob was a shilling, which for you young whippersnappers is five pence. Yeah? Right. Yeah? Ten. So uh, we're very poor in our house. Okay. If I said half a crown, two and six. If I said uh, a tanner, sixpence. So back then we had nicknames for coins. So it was a bob, was a shilling, etc., etc. And, uh, this is, and they did in Bible days as well. In fact, we're told that this lady had put in two very small copper coins. Now, Bible coins, giving in Bible days, um, for example, um, I don't, I've left my money somewhere, and um, I hope it's, no, it will be still there, yes. Um, <laughs> the, um, for example, a 50 pence piece in our country probably costs as much, it will cost more to make than a 50 pound note. Because it's one's metal, one's paper. And the value of our coins is on what is printed on it. 
So a £10 note and a £50 note, I think one slightly larger, but there will be a very minimal extra cost in printing a £50 note to a £10 note. The difference is what's stamped on it. Not the so in Bible days. In Bible days, it, was not a, it wasn't what was stamped on it, it was what it was made of, and then the size of what it was made of. So you could have a large silver coin that would be worth more than a small gold coin. You could have a large, um, a small silver coin that might be less than a very large copper coin. Possibly not, but what I'm trying to say to you is this. So it's important, and Luke here, Mark, pardon me, reminds us that it's two very small copper coins. In other words, what he's saying is, this lady was giving of the cheapest metal possible copper and they were two very small copper coins and their nickname was leaves they were called leaves because they were of the cheapest metal and they were the thinnest possible metal that copper could go to in other words there wasn't a smaller coin available it was of the cheapest metal and it was thin and they were called leaves that was their nickname half a crown a bobs a tanner it was that's what people called them and jesus sat there and he watched the rich people throw in large amounts and he noticed this lady coming putting in two leaves two leaves two small copper coins in those details we begin to understand just how poor she was she wasn't putting in her last hundred pounds her last 50 pounds her last 10 pounds her last five pounds she was putting in the last coins the smallest she had got to the place what all she had left was two small copper coins she put them in the offering I often think she put them in the offering because she couldn't buy anything with them. They were that small, that insignificant. And Jesus watched her do it. That was the second problem I had. I thought, why did he not stop her? If we thought to hear, and I'll speak on behalf of your church leadership if I may, if we thought tonight there was someone here who was so poor, so um, destitute that you had only you know a penny left in your purse and you were a widow and you were going to put your last penny in the offering i tell you now if i know this church we'd say stop we would rather give you some money than you give your last penny to the church why didn't jesus turn around to the disciples and say i want a pound from all of you come on he wouldn't have got one from Judas, but he'd have got 11 pounds, wouldn't he? <laughs> Judas's problem was money. He thought the money that he held on behalf of Jesus was his. I don't know who the treasurer is, but remember, brother, the, tre the money is the Lord's. And I think, well, why didn't he stop her? Every bone in my body, if she was, I'd say, forget it, mother, I'll put something in for you, and here's a fiver, you know, go get your hair done. Or well, you couldn't get your hair done for a fiver, could you? You know what I'm saying. 
but he let her do it. I'm thinking, he's sitting there watching people put in their offerings. That's a bit off. Of course it wasn't because he's the Lord. And now he acknowledges that large amounts have gone in. The temple's not short of money because we've just said large amounts have gone in. And yet he allows this woman to do it. He doesn't stop her, turn to the disciples and say, come on, I want a pound from all of you and send her away. He let her do it. And what's more, what makes it even sound even more wrong, of course it wasn't wrong, it says there, she hath put in everything, all she had to live on. So when that woman came up to the trumpets, she had two copper coins. When she went past them, she had nothing. I don't imagine... There's anyone here tonight who has nothing. You may not have a lot, but I'm sure you have something. All she had to live on. No milk, no bread, no tea bags, nothing. She had nothing to live on, the basics. That's what the scripture says. And Jesus let her do it. And I wonder why. Well, we begin to understand why he let her do it. It says there, calling his disciples to him, he said, hand over some money and give it to that lady. No, he didn't. He didn't say, let's go out into the street. In fact, we could go to any public house around here. I, don't, um, I only know the rifle in Hammersmith. That's a long time ago. Um, and go into any bar and shout out, there's a lady here with no money. Even the unsaved will say, hey, oh, oh, we'll have a little pass the art round. She'd have some money. But Jesus let this go. And he called his disciples to him, not because he wanted them to give her some money or to ask Judas to open the purse and give her money. He says, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. Some would have said that's not true. Some put in large amounts. And she's only put in two copper coins. That's not accurate. And then Jesus quantifies the measure of giving. All they gave out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in everything. God is not expecting you to put everything into the offering. He's not. You have responsibilities for your home and etc. There are, there are patterns in Scripture for our giving. But this lady had put in everything. And I wonder why did he catch her attention? Why is she picked out? And I think it's that she hath put in everything. The reason I believe that she is highlighted here is because in this lady's giving, he saw a shadow or a picture of what he was going to do on the cross. I believe that he sat there not to criticize giving or to observe or to add up how much was given. I think, and we know that the crucifixion is not far away. I believe that he sat down there to see if maybe there is someone who in one sense, and it's not theologically tidy, but forgive me, who understood in some way the sacrifice that he was going to make on the cross. Because when Jesus died on the cross for us, let me tell you, he put in everything. They wanted his back. 
and they took his back and scourged him. They wanted his crown, his head, and they put the crown of thorns on it. They wanted his hands, they wanted his feet, they wanted his dignity. And when they'd finished torturing him, they hung him on a cross to die. Can you think of anything he had left? Nothing at all. He had put in everything. Even on the cross, he gives his mother away to John. He says to John, behold your mother, and to Mary, behold your son. He didn't entrust her to his natural brothers and sisters, who they were, his other family. He entrusted his mother to John. And there, he didn't even have his mother. He had given her away to John to care for. And there he died with the ignominy, having his beard pulled out, having the spittle upon him. I say this with quietness and no humor. He was a mess. What more could they have demanded of him? Everything that he, they demanded, he gave. As a sheep is dumb before the shearers. He didn't even recoil. When they marched past and said, you saved others, save yourself. If you're the son of God, come down from the cross. He did none of it. Because until he died for our sins, he had not put everything in. She gave out of her poverty. She put in everything, all she had to live on. And I just wonder, that's why she's here in the book. What did she do? She went to church. She put in a small offering that was noticed by the Savior. And the challenge of the story of the widow's copper coins, or if you have the AV, the widow's might for me, is that it mirrors that sacrifice of Christ on the cross. The great difference is that this lady, having put everything in, walked on into the temple. But when Jesus put everything in, he died. He died for our sins. Even his life was taken from him. All resurrection came, of course. But everything was put in. No wonder he called the disciples to him. Not to remark on the large amounts or the small amounts, but the fact here was a woman who was marrying what I believe he was going to do upon the cross. When I get to heaven, and um, I'm, I'm assuming this lady will be there, I want to ask her what happened next. Don't you? I can't believe that God didn't bless her in some way afterwards. Um, well, the blessing might be just having me preach about her. No, I don't think so. She's been remembered. She's been preached around the world in every language. What happened next? Did God bless her for her giving? Of course. Did, the, did Jesus do something to provide? Of course. I am sure that the situation was rectified. But she wasn't applauded for her faith. Some might say, oh, well, you know, it was a step of faith. She put everything in because she was believing God would provide for her. 
Don't think so. Don't think so. Some preachers here might say that. Well, this preacher isn't, and I'm not saying I'm infallible, but I'm not sure. She wasn't highlighted for her faith. Jesus on other occasions said their faith, the centurion's uh, servant, except was commended for his faith. I've not found such faith even in Israel. So often Jesus commends faith. He's not commending her faith. He's not saying this woman put in everything and is now trusting God and you put everything in. No, 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 naughty, naughty. <laughs> He's saying sacrifice. Sacrifice is more about what you have left than what you put in. There will be a time of ministry when I'm concluding. I'm, I, I, I'm almost there. You see, the question that Gordon Neal has is this. I've never, I've never been better off than I am now. If you want a loan, I'll be gone before you get to me. <laughs> I'll be on the M1 before you want a loan. In fact, I shouldn't really give you a loan. I should give you a gift, shouldn't I? So I'll have to leave even quicker. You see, friends... I'm not concerned this evening about how much you gave in the offering. That was part of your worship before the Lord. But the question that Gordon Neal has to answer, even now, though I'm probably better off than I've ever been, I've nearly finished my mortgage, and, you know, a car that really goes nicely, I've got, you know, God's been very good to me, I've got a lovely wife, I've got two daughters, I've got three and a half grandchildren, my daughter's adopting another baby, so... There'll be four very soon. Really, I look back and I think, wow, do you know what? The only thing that could make life better is that QPR wins six matches in a row. <laughs> that's, that's all that's missing. It's all that's missing. But you see, the question is, and is Gordon Neal better off than he's ever been? The question is, how much has Gordon Neal got left from his life that should have gone to God? Have I put everything into my Christian life? Has he got my finances? Has he got my entertainment? Has he got my family? Has he got my social life? How much have I put in everything? I've got to tell you, I haven't. You might be shocked. You might think, fancy having a preacher at Kensington Temple who hasn't put in everything yet. I haven't put in everything yet. But I know I should. I went... God strives with me. I seek to do that. Give him my all. Do you know what? In some churches, I won't do this this evening. I might get you to march round and ask you, throw your life into the trumpet. And how much would be left when you pass the trumpet? Our trumpet this evening is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Do we give him our lives has he got our lives? Have we put in everything yet? Because the challenge for me, and I'm sure the challenge for you, is not so much what I give to God, and I give God a fair bit in my time and energy. It's how much I've got left. Oh, that I might put in everything. Why? Because a widow did? No, because he did. My inspiration for sacrificial living is not the widow is the saviour. It's not the copper coins and the trumpet. It's the man hanging on a cross who loved me while I was still his enemy.
Christ died for me. And when we think of giving, it's right to think of time and talents. But has he got my whole heart? Has he got my mind? Love the Lord your God with all your mind, with all your soul. You know the scripture. And love your neighbor as yourself. Please, you haven't reached there. That was the uh, student of the law's problem. We got the story of the Good Samaritan from. We haven't reached it yet. And tonight, I'd like to just very gently ask you the question, how much of your life will you be taking home tonight? Not interested in your finances, not at all, really not. But how much of your life is not his? Well, he can have Fridays and Sundays, but he can't have Thursdays. He can have what I read, but he can't have the remote for the telly. He can have this, but he can't have that. He can, he can do this. He can have my Sundays, but the rest of the week, I need the rest of the week for my career. You can have your career and give it to him, and I believe he'll bless you. It's how much have I got left. I'm sorry that this really hasn't been a message that would get you shouting and clapping and the rest of it. I don't know if I'm capable of preaching such a message. But if I make you think, if someone tonight decides to give him everything, I will be thrilled. Even if you don't achieve it, if it's the desire that we as Christians live for him and put everything in. There are faiths around this world that we know of that demand martyrdom. Jesus demands spiritual martyrdom where we put everything in that we might serve him. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than they, all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in everything, all she had to live on. If I can call you friends, although we might not meet again, May I just say this, put in everything to your Christian life. Make him the priority and you will be noticed. Do we know the background of the rich? No, we don't. That's not the point. She was singled out because she mirrored the sacrifice of Christ upon the cross, I believe who put everything in. Remember, in a Elam youth rally years ago, and um, there was an American guy came, and he was singing with a guitar. He was very, very good. And he spoke about this. And I'll tell you what, it had an impact, because that must have been 40 years ago that I heard this story of 35, possibly, you know. 
he said this, that when he became a Christian, God said to him, I want your career. So God, he gave God his career and God said, look, you can have it back, but look after it for me. Then he said, I want your family. And the guy said, but Lord, he said, yeah, I want your family. So he gave God his family and God said, look, you can have your family back, but will you look after it for me? And then to cut a long story short, he said, I want your guitar. So he said, Lord, you've got my guitar. And the Lord said, you can have your guitar back. Will you play it for me? Now, wouldn't that be nice tonight? That we put everything in, knowing that he will give us our families back. And we are stewards of our families. That he'll give us our music. And what music talent you have here. Phenomenal. They, give their mu they gave their music to the Lord. The Lord gave it back to them. You know where I'm going. Please, friends, as we come to a time of ministry, and I will hand over to others more gifted than I am in that area, we're going to give you an invitation to come. And if I say, give God more, are we going to say to you, only come out to, for ministry? If you are saying you want to put in everything, I think that's asking too much of you at this time. But if you want to put in more, then we'd like to pray with you and strengthen you in that desire. And the net result of that, that this church, no, no, please, with respect, let's forget the church. You will be more blessed and more effective for God because whatever you give him tonight, he'll give you back to look after for him. Let's pray. Thank you. Let's pray. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Father, it's one of these messages that's easier to preach than to live out. It's easy for the preacher to ask for people to give more, to give all. And the preacher begins with himself now. Lord, help me to give more. More of Gordon Neal. Lord, remember the night I became a Christian. Cliff Tite was a, a, a man who counseled me. And he said these words, you're not accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior. You're accepting the Lord Jesus Christ. I didn't know what he meant. I really didn't. I know now. And Lord, tonight we want to give you more. We like to get to the place where we reflect your sacrifice when you gave all. We thank you, Lord, that you did not hold back on the cross. You didn't say, well, I'll keep my mum or I'll keep my back or I'll keep my hands or my feet or my side. Whatever they wanted, you gave. And because of that, Lord, we can give you our lives and our homes, our careers and our future, knowing they could not be in safer hands because you're a God who loves us and cares for us. Amen.